this is Mr. A. And welcome to the Popcorn and Nacho podcast. Where we discuss all films you should see before you RIP. So this week we're actually going to be discussing our favorite films out of the DC universe. So last week we did... Marvel, yeah. So, so we thought... We thought we would do DC as well. Full yep. spoiler, I'm not a DC fan. I am a Marvel all the way. It's like funny, I'm Team Marvel. Kate is basically Team DC. Yeah, I just think that the DC films tend to be... A little more grown up in nature. Yeah, which, to be fair, yeah, they are. They have a lot more uh, complex, darker themes than yes. some of Marvel's stories. So but. I just tend to gravitate towards them a little bit more than I do the Marvel films. That's not to say, again, that Marvel doesn't have good films, as we talked about last week. But this week, we're going to be exploring the DC universe. So I go first, I believe. Yep. So my pick uh, for... My favorite DC film, which is actually really, really hard, uh, but I went ahead and went with Wonder Woman. Now, this one is fairly recent. It's not like super, super recent, but it came out in 2017, I yep. believe. 2017, mm-hmm. directed by Patty Jenkins, um, who I think, I actually think one of the main reasons that I think this film is so good is because it is directed by a female director and I think that she just brought something a little bit different to the superhero movie right um and also uh it's interesting to me how Wonder Woman has been very misrepresented throughout history because you'll notice that Wonder Woman is actually like the third most popular DC character um, out of all of them. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I did not that. know that. But while their first top two, Superman and Batman, obviously, have gotten tons of movie re- representations and, you know, remakes and video games, Wonder Woman has been weirdly, like, dis- distant from all that. Like, she hasn't had much movies. She hasn't much... She hasn't had much representation in terms of, like, you know, motion yeah, pictures. Yeah. I mean, she's she's... She's a very interesting character, but to your point, like, there actually hasn't been, at least not to my knowledge, a Wonder Woman movie. Now, of course, there was the old television series with Linda Carter, and that went on for, like, a while. But you're right, there's never really been any film adaptations. And even if she is in a movie, it's often not her movie, you know? We haven't had a single Wonder Woman movie. Like, she's always with somebody. Yeah, like in the Batman v Superman, right. the Justice League. And there have been tons of animated features with the Justice League with her in it, right. but never one where she's like solely the focus. Yeah, so she, of course, is solely the focus in this film, which, uh, again, is it kind of tells a little bit of her origin story a little bit, or at least the origin story of the Amazons, which is what she's part of. So Wonder Woman aka princess diana she is an amazon woman well actually she's technically the daughter of zeus and one of the amazon um characters i think her name is hippolyta i'm probably saying that completely wrong but that's her mom's name the amazons just have weird weird names <laughs> they do. their island is like themiskita yeah like, i'm not so, even gonna try so weird uh so if you haven't seen the movie, which, I mean, that's I'm kind of shocked if you haven't seen the movie. Um, yeah, it was a huge DC moneymaker when yeah, it came out. Yeah, this was huge, 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 uh, as it should have been. But uh, so, you know, it tells the story of Diana, who grows up on this island, uh, as Mr. A said. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it again. <laughs> and she's really just taught to be a warrior, which is really what the Amazon women are. They're, they're warriors. And... 
a Anne ends up coming Cra- yeah crashing on yeah crashing um, on the world he's a world war one pilot steve trevor yep who um i don't actually remember who plays him oh my god it's chris pine i, I can recognize yeah i recognized <laughs> his face i was gonna say army hammer for some reason <laughs> oh gosh i do like army hammer but chris pine plays the wonderful and i'll talk about the actors and actresses in, in a bit but he ends up crash landing on her um island or on her her island and he's being chased by uh germans at this point in time and he pretty much tells her uh and the group that there is a war going on in the united states and in britain and france and they're fighting against the germans so diana is just really moved by the fact that there's war going on and and she really feels yeah she also she really feels that it's um, Ares is behind all this because Ares, she's been taught, is the god of war. And yes. she thinks that he's come back to, you know. Right. And she feels that it's truly her responsibility to protect and help mankind. And so she goes back with Steve to try to essentially stop what we end up finding out is World War t- uh, One. I'm sorry, World War One, uh, because the story actually pl- takes place during the um, 1910-1918 uh, time frame. Um, so one thing I do love about this movie is how the um, the time period is represented. Um, I do love, I'm a sucker for World War II history, but in particular this movie's treatment of the war, um, they don't like force it down your throat too much. It's not the prime focus, but it, because it does take place during that time period, they do acknowledge that Nazis are, you know, they exist and they are a real threat. And this war has left a lot of people, you know, without money and there's a lot of poor, you know, poverty rights going up, you know, all that stuff. Well, yeah. So, but in theory, this is World War One, oh, So we don't okay. have the Nazi party quite yet, oh, but okay. we do have Sorry. the Germans that are the bad guys. But right. you kind of will see, you know, where, where that then kind of turns into, you know, what we see during World War Two. Um, but I'm like you again I think if you've listened to our podcast before I'm a sucker for any type of film that kind of has a historical presence and so I really love the well even even then um, the because she doesn't just meet Steve Trevor she also meets these soldier characters mm-hmm. along the way and they're actually given time to develop they're not just there to kind of be side characters they're not just there for um, comedic purposes or they don't serve they don't they're not just there to kind of just be her backup support. Like, she really takes the time to acknowledge these men, and she gladly fights alongside them and them with her, which I do really like. Yeah, yeah. I, I think what's really neat about this film is she truly is... She's not... She's not just a goddess. She she almost is very humanistic herself. She's emotional. She's fierce. She's vulnerable. She has a very um, idealistic attitude about herself and the way that she carries herself. And to Mr. Ace's point, the interactions that she has with, essentially it's the individuals that Trevor kind of works with. I think there's like a Scottish guy, there's an Indian or a Native American a gentleman um, that they kind of work with. And you really feel like she is equals with these individuals because they're all fighting for the same thing, right? They're, they're really kind of trying to fight against uh, the evil that is hurting and killing humanity. And that's really what's most important to her and important to these characters as well. So I think that what's really interesting about the film is that it puts Wonder Woman, this female character, in this time period where, you know, women really weren't 
kind of seen as equals to men. But at the same time, it's not a feminism movie. Like, when she storms no. into to fight the villains, like, it's not preachy. She doesn't, like, it's not pompous about it. She's just doing what's right. She's just fighting exactly. because, it, because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, I, I, I think that's one endearing thing about the film. You just, you feel her humanity, even though, in theory, she really isn't a human. But this this feeling of being kind of a caretaker um and again this kind of equality that she has with the individuals around her as well so i just i think that that's really striking also i am you're probably going to get to it in here in a bit but the whole themes that she goes through is also very fitting to a character like her because she has been told from a very young age like there's these good gods and there's these evil gods so the fact that in the movie she she, does, she realizes that in the war, it wasn't all black and white. It wasn't just a good versus evil story. There right. was a little bit of in between. I like that she actually kind of learns about about what makes someone truly bad and what makes someone truly good. Yeah, I, I think what we, what we see in this film is we, we see Diana or Wonder Woman, again, as this young idealist who... You know, comes into this this World War One, is dealing with this villain character, which you know is really kind of it's 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 being driven by Ares, uh, who she does end up killing at the end, and the war ends. Um, but to to your point, she's she's very young in this film, and she's very idealistic, and I think it's a lot of like what we what we go through as we as people like when we're young the way that we look at things and then as we get a little bit older we get a little bit wiser to your point we kind of realize people aren't just comprised of oh they're good and they're bad we're kind of a mixture of both you know and it's really trying to find that humanity and that love for one another and that's really what this film is about to me at the end of the day and that's kind of what she says you know at the end of the film is it's all about love, and that's truly what, what it is about. And another thing about Wonder Woman that is, I think, very, very kind of important is that um, it acknowledges a different kind of superhero than what we've been used to seeing. Because um, back when the these comics were first coming out, there were very basic stories. They were just, like, people who were fighting crime be just because it was good. But after a while, I think people wanted to get more depth behind the superheroes, so they started having ish personal issues to battle, personal demons and personal struggles. Um, they were a lot more humanistic. But after a while, we started seeing kind of a, the same thing with superheroes. They were just basically complex heroes, and they weren't just good for the sake of being good anymore. They were just, they had to have some motivation behind her. What I like about Wonder Woman is, it's the first superhero movie we've had in a while where the hero isn't really motivated by anything besides just fighting for the good of all humanity. Yeah. It's I think it's a nice change of pace and it's a nice reminder of, you know, where these comics and stories first started. Yeah, no, I think that's true. She she has a heart and you can really feel that in, in the film. So kind of talking a little bit about the actors and actresses that are in this film, and they're really the ones that I, I think really make this film too. So in addition to Patty Jenkins' uh, amazing directorship, you then have Gal Gadot, who is Wonder Woman, and she is she just brings something to it that I just am not 100% sure anybody else could. So prior to her being cast so they they had talked about making a wonder woman movie way back in the 90s oh, wow. and uh there were quite a few people that wanted to be attached to it actually joss whedon oh wow really was joss one whedon? person uh in kind of the earlier 2000s who was actually going to be attached to the project 
uh, but he ended up bowing out. I wonder if that would have affected his, um, you know, Marvel role if they had actually they had accepted him. Like he would have been a DC director instead of a Marvel director. It's kind of funny that way. I think. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I think it's good he passed on it, but. Uh, so the casting was really interesting. So initially, when they were talking about doing it in the 90s, Sandra Bullock was the name that they thought about. And I was kind of like, oh, that, I Bullock. can't see no, that. No, no. Uh, another person who got kind of thrown around with Catherine Zeta-Jones. Now, I really do like Catherine Zeta-Jones, but um, I'm not 100% sure about her. And then Joss Whedon actually was thinking Angelina Jolie for Wonder Woman, which I actually don't think would have been terrible uh, but I think that Gal, we were waiting for Gal to take this role uh, because she really made it be her character. And, and and my lord, Chris Pine does an amazing Steve Trevor. Yeah, and then Chris Pine, who is absolutely an amazing actor. Period. It's amazing how they he turned they turned him from what he easily could have been just a bland stick in the mud for him, um, Wonder Woman to just love and adore. But right. they actually really gave him depth and personality. Yeah, Chris, I mean, Chris, like I said, Chris Pine is an absolutely amazing actor. Um, if you've ever seen, of course, you know, I think the most famous thing he's probably been in is the Star Trek series. He plays Captain Kirk. Um, but he also was in, uh, he's been in a lot of films. I mean, just a ton of films. One of my favorites, actually, uh, Hell or High Water. Excellent film. Um, maybe someday we'll talk about it. I'm astray. I don't think I've even seen it. But again, he brings a depth to the Steve Trevor character. And then him and Gal together, oh, they just do such a good job. They have a real chemistry, a real beauty uh, to their relationship that I just, I think if they would have cast anybody else, it just wouldn't have worked right. And then the supporting cast is really good. Danny Houston plays uh, kind of the main villain. And he's always amazing as a villain. If you don't know Danny Houston, if you guys watch American Horror Story, uh, he was in the one, uh, I think he was in Coven, if I remember correctly. I don't think you've ever seen the American Horror Stories, but that's actually like a really good one. I like that one a lot. And he played the um, Axeman murderer in New Orleans, which is actually based on a real character. So he's really, really good. Um, I don't remember the gentleman that, um, I don't know his name, but the gentleman that plays Ares, but he is in the Harry Potter series. Uh, he plays the... Oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He plays, I can't remember his name, the werewolf guy that turns into a werewolf. I don't know Harry Potter. So. And he's really good, too. So, I mean, just a really good supporting cast that kind of rounds it out for them. Um, but again, I think the reason that I really love this movie is it does have action, but it has a lot of emotion to it and humor to it. And it's really just a well-rounded film, kind of very similar to what you were talking about last week with Infinity War. This is very much like it to me. Uh, I mean, it's not as humorous, I don't think, but I understand it has a lot of emotion definitely with Infinity War as well. For sure. That's a, nice, that's a fair comparison with there. Yeah, for sure. So, and then uh, the the theme song is frigging awesome. So, the theme song was actually um, made by Hans Zimmerman, who he's done. Oh man, he's done so so much stuff. Um, uh, I think probably his most famous pieces. He he does. He really works. He usually works with Christopher Nolan. He's done a lot of the music for his films, Dunkirk, uh, the Batman series. Uh, you know, just a lot of Inception. He's done kind of all of those things. Uh, so he, uh, Hans Zimmer, he's the one who does the 
Did I say Zimmer? Yeah, you said Zimmer. And I'm like, oh, uh, wait, don't you mean Hans Zimmer? <laughs> oh, my God. Hans Zimmer. I'm so sorry. Yes. He, he does the, the, the theme song for Wonder Woman. And this is, like, probably one of the best theme songs I've ever heard in my life. It just it just kicks ass. It's totally cool. Um, so just, just a really amazing film. And I'm extremely excited to see uh, the sequel to it. So my pick for DC movies, probably all saw this coming, The Dark Knight. Um, this is the second film in Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight trilogy, which he actually wasn't going to make. Like, Batman Begins was going to be a one-and-done type of deal. Even though he teased the Joker card at the end, he actually wasn't sure if he was going to do a, uh, ba- another Batman movie with the Joker. <laughs> he just kind of, like, threw the teaser in there because he thought, like, it'd be interesting for people to start thinking about what it would be like, I guess, if you were to do it. But after tons of, like, requests from people all around him, he finally got around to it. And we have The Dark Knight. So The Dark Knight centers, again, Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne, played by Christian Bale once again. Um, it's, after, it's events after Batman Begins, and it hasn't really gotten much better for Gotham City. I mean, there's crime still afoot, the mafia is still big, and the crime, instead of de- de-escalating, it's actually just escalating to a substantial rate people are you know they're upgrading their weapons they're upgrading their armament there's just a lot more um i guess battle readiness when like batman shows up oh gotcha um so batman he's trying his best to keep these streets clean but one criminal in particular um the joker played by heath ledger which i'm going to get to in a second um he He's just a, he's an agent of chaos. He's like, unlike any Batman villain that he's ever fought before, he's not like the Scarecrow. He's not like uh, Ra's al Ghul from the other movies. He's a lot more kind of wild. He's kind of, um, I guess, funny enough, a wild card, which I think is funny, <laughs> just a Joker wild card. But um, yeah, he wants to take out the Batman, so, to, so he says, which you, you learn more about his sort of what his mentality of things later in the film but for right now at the beginning he wants batman taken out and through the help of the mafia he's able to you know try to get him down and the rest of the movie is pretty much batman trying to stop the joker's evil plan to basically turn gotham on its head so what i love about this movie is very much the casting um michael kane who plays um Alfred actually wasn't confident in this movie when it first came out. He said it was going to be terrible and he didn't want to make it. Really? Because um, he thought Jack Nicholson's portrayal as the Joker, which he played a Joker in Tim Burton's Batman oh, from 1989, mm. cast pretty much a huge shadow at the time for them to follow up on. Oh, gotcha. And Michael Caine was reported saying, like, you don't just try and top Jack like that. Um, it, he just thought it was one of those performances that could never be matched until Nolan said that Ledger was going to play Joker. Kane's opinion changed drastically. He was. He said that's the one guy that could do it. My my confidence came back in the words of Kane in oh, the movie. Oh, interesting. And honestly, well deserved. I mean, Ledger is the best part of this movie. He has just such um. It's hard to describe his performance. He's just he encapsulates he encapsulates the Joker's mannerisms so well as just this crazy, out of control, very spastic person. But also, he very much has like the overall style of the joker i think what's interesting about ledger's okay so i think i think the one thing is that ledger really made this his interpretation of the joker very different from the jack nicholson he was very yeah he was very the cesar romero interpretation from the old uh television series he's extremely passionate about the role for sure and you and you could tell in in how he 
makes this character. I think what I find really interesting about the Joker is he is charismatic. He is funny in a kind of dark way. He's extremely unpredictable and, this, yeah, and he's terrifying and also all at the same time it's funny how in the movie you know a lot about the joker but then nothing about the joker at the same time right. for the amount of info that he spews um but yet his origin story keeps changing we don't know how he got into the crime he got into crime or why he's deformed or why he got the scars um like so much of his backstory is kept a mystery and yet so much about him now we kind of know a lot about because he just keeps talking about that sort right. of stuff but he really created I think one of the most iconic villains in cinematic probably history. Is a, probably one of the best Jokers that we will of, ever of see. Movie, of movie history, yeah, that we'll yeah. ever have on cinema. And yeah. Of course, um, Christian Bale is just um, great as Batman. I'm not personally a fan of his voice, but he just has the Bruce Wayne mannerism so well, and he encapsulates the determination of the character very, very yeah, nicely. I, well, I, 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 I love Christian Bale. I think he's an amazing actor. So I pretty much love him in anything that he does because he's amazing in everything that he does. So I agree. Like, I think he did a really great job with the Batman. I do like Michael Keaton's Batman. That's probably my second favorite. Um, but Christian is hands down uh, number one. Um, then I like how also, despite it, it, it is a very different movie tonally from Batman Begins. He also keeps the continuity from the first film as we have returning characters like Dr. Jonathan Crane, which, by the way, fantastic villain. I love, um, I think his name is Cillian Murphy. Uh, oh yes portrayal mm -hmm. as scarecrow just want to get that out amazing character one of the best scarecrows ever oh like right the now. best scarecrow. Yes. yeah I, I wish they would bring him back and make him i honestly want an, his own movie yeah based on, yeah mm -hmm. that'd be cool um so they add some continuity from the first film there and also it's a great film that leaves you on the edge of your seats first time watching it because it's very much in cap it's movie it just kind of reminds me of the joker which it's fitting because he's the main villain it just keeps you guessing what's going to happen and it leaves you in suspense because there's a lot of times where we don't know what's going on similar to batman and we're trying to figure this out and there's twists and there's turns around every corner and it's just really hard to nail down any sort of breathing room it never stops to take a breath in any way yeah i agree it's very there are some scenes that are just they're kind of disturbing. They, uh, when I first saw this film, particularly the sequence with the ships, uh, I, I was really, yeah, just kind of, uh, it affected me. <laughs> and there's also another scene where he has one of the Batman go, because in Batman's um, rise to power, like there's also these people who dress up as Batman, um, the sons of Batman, as right. they're later going to be called who dresses up as him and Joker actually kidnaps one of them and the shakiness of the camera and the bad audio quality and just the sudden breakaway of the camera as he's getting murdered is just so dark and disturbing. Yeah, just very dark and very disturbing. It's, it, it, you know, and that's, I mean, I think the difference between, you know, kind of this, this whole Batman series that Nolan does versus, you know, the Batman series that like Burton did or even the ones that we, you know, we don't talk about <laughs> that were made by, um, what was his name? Joel, Joel, Sh Joel Schumacher. All respect to Schumacher. He made great movies, but Batman, <laughs> Batman Forever and Batman and Robin were, no. Just, yeah, no. <laughs> they weren't the greatest. This one just has a very heavier, dark feel to it and, and i think much of that is because it's probably the most realistic batman that we've had it, to an extent i think 
Yeah. Like I think it tries the most to make Batman fit into the modern world. Yeah, I, I guess I think that's a that's a really good point. Although I would never want to live in Gotham. No, like, it's ever. The, one of the worst cities ever. How do they? <laughs> how does anyone stay there? How yeah, does no one think? Like, let's just move away. Yeah. <laughs> um. But, you know, I think that Nolan does a really good job with this film. Now, I mean, Batman Begins is really good, but, I mean, I think that this one, this one is really kind of the diamond out of the three. And I think it's probably one of the best Batman movies that we're ever going to have for quite, yeah, quite, for a, quite a long time. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is is Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker, which he did receive the Academy Award for um, posthum. I'm going to say that word wrong posthumously, yeah. meaning he had passed away um, and then received the Oscar, which, you know, is really unfortunate because ex- we lost yeah, it's extremely tragic such a brilliant that, actor. But he had to die so young, and I feel like he would have had so much more, you know, greatness yeah. to bring to the world. But, you know, rest in peace, Heath Ledger. And he honestly went out in probably his best performance to date, you know, his best movie performance out of his whole movie and he's been in the quite a quite a bit of good stuff but just his joker performance just excel oh yeah yeah they, and we'll it's, never see anything and it's not quite only like it's that. not only a joker there's also um um i actually dang it why can't i remember him um aaron something as uh as two-face or harvey dent as you know first call in the movie and he's also very very strong in this what's oh, his name yes, aaron aaron's Aaron, oh, oh God, I always I forget his last name. I don't Aaron, remember. I, I want to say it's Aaron Eckhart or something like that. Yes, Aaron uh, Eckhart. That's what it is. He does a really good Harvey Dent, and um, it's very tragic when you see at the ending what he has become as a person because of the Joker. And that's also another thing I love is the ending is not really a happy one, in my opinion. I don't think anybody thinks it's a 100% happy ending because, in a way, mentally the Joker does win at the end. Um, right, because he did do exactly what he said he was going to do with with Gotham, and but at the same time, um, Batman still doesn't give up hope of fighting for his city. Like as Gordon just puts it much better, he's the hero that Gotham deserves, but not the one it needs right now. Right, um, and I think that line just very much perfectly encaps- encapsulates where Batman is after this point. Actually, after- I think there's like a real a lot of really good lines in here. Is this, is this the one where Alfred says? Some people, some, some men, men just want to watch the world, world burn. There's just, yeah, yeah, so many memorable quotes in this movie. It's like the most quotable out of the three movies of the Christopher Nolan trilogy, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I think that there is some relevance to what they're saying, even in modern day society and kind of the world right now that we see, you know, when we have dictators and things like that. And I think that's what makes the film and the characters just very compelling in in this entire film and you know i don't know if we thought we'd ever see um astron a joker of course until joaquin phoenix did his uh interpretation and even then i don't think it was really the joker he was more uh arthur fleck that's a good point behind, and we only yeah. saw the joker at the very end but that's a good point um so the cast was just amazing the the overall direct direction of this movie has de- definitely improved from Batman Begins especially in his action sequences they're just a lot more fluent and a lot more yeah. like um beautifully shot um right the suspense is just absolutely crazy it bombards you every other second in a in the best way possible um the acting is just superb especially from Heath Ledger 
Um, and also the score, I do think, is very, very beautiful in this. Yes. And this is Zimmer again. Yeah, right? once again, Zimmer. <laughs> Zimmer just is amazing. And he's not Zimmerman. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. I had a brain fart. Sorry about that. I heard that. you. I'm like, what? He, Zimmerman? Is that a <laughs> well, new Well, why didn't you stop me? <laughs> well, I, I just, I had to take a second. I, I had to take a second for that one. Um, yes, I was just having I a... thought I was going crazy for a second. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the score is just absolutely beautiful. Um, in particular, Joker's theme, it's very, like suspense filled yeah. like it's very like you know it's like rising and rising and rising in volume and it really just gets you hyped it gets you gets you anxious to what's he's what's yeah, going to happen yeah very gonna good at kind of creating those anxious high anxiety uh scores if you've ever listened to the score of dunkirk actually that's kind of what he was doing in the film was really kind of getting you more agitated and more agitated and more <laughs> agitated and more on the edge of your seat hoping that oh, what the hell are they going to do and what the hell's going to happen now he's very good at doing that and you know really kind of brings that emotion to the film that if you're a really good film composer that's your job that's what you do right like the John Williams of the world and the Danny Elfman's Hans Zimmer's just like him and Christopher Nolan I think they just work really well together in understanding kind of emotionally what's needed for the film from a music perspective yeah just uh, everything about this movie works. There's not really any sort of scene or any sort of character that I could point my finger to and be like, I wish that was better. No, I feel like this is a fantastic movie and I think the best of the Nolan trilogy. And its mark on comic book fans is very, very... You can feel it in... Like, even today, it still leaves a big impact on... I still feel a little bit, though, like the female characters in this film which i think is just the... uh, it's just maggie gyllenhaal as she wasn't as strong as um katie holmes the yeah first she one. really not, wasn't no, that's not but i mean that's probably my only thing i would say yeah for sure i, I kind of forgot to address that I'm it's sorry. okay but otherwise like if there's anything i had to say that i thought was a little bit weak in this film it's, it's her character but you have such strong performances from everyone else uh and I... especially i cannot emphasize enough just heath ledger just oh, yeah. it's just one of the best comic book movie villains that we'll ever have. And the fact that that was followed up by Tom Hardy was a joke. <laughs> We're not going to get into Dark Knight We're Rises. We're not going to get into the Rises. But let's just say it's not as good. Nowhere near. Uh, I know that Mr. A... Well, you kind of like I have a soft spot for the Dark Knight Rises, but no, Tom Hardy, no. Just oh in God, terms of the villains, like, he's definitely on the weaker end in terms I of the <laughs> films of the series. I, I thought it was a joke when we started the... I mean, the opening scene of that film and the voice. It's just... I, I don't get it, so I apologize if you love... Tom Hardy and you love Bane, but I, I don't get it. <laughs> uh, with that little rant about The Dark Knight Rises out of the way, um, where can we find these movies, Kate? So you can stream both The Dark Knight and Wonder Woman on HBO Max if you has uh, if you have a subscription. If you has. <laughs> oh, my Lord. And then you can uh, rent them on YouTube, Google Play, Vudu, and Amazon Prime. Thank you for listening to the Popcorn and Nacho podcast. And we'll be talking more films you should see before you are IP. Mm-hmm.